You are listening to the San Antonio Zen Center Dharma Talks. The San Antonio Zen Center is supported solely by donation, so that everyone can participate in our offerings and programs, regardless of income. If you are able, please consider making a donation to SAZC through the donation button on our site, sanantoniozen.org, or by visiting paypal.me slash sanantoniozen. Thank you for your practice and enjoy the talk. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Marta and Enrique, hello. Good morning. A couple of months ago, hello, Enrique. A couple of months ago, I spoke about doubt. And uh, at the end, I said, you know, I talked about great doubt, great faith, great awakening. And I suddenly realized I can't talk about doubt and faith in the same talk. It's just too broad a, a subject. So today, I decided I would talk about faith. It seemed sort of, sort of a natural segue. And when I spoke of doubt, I characterized doubt as something uh, kind of a negative feeling, a feeling of uncertainty, lack of trust or confidence or of not knowing. And in uh, Zen practice, uh, doubt is characterized as an obstacle to our practice, something we have to overcome. And so it seems natural to think that faith is something positive. Uh, it's a feeling that we can trust in something or have confidence or rely on it. And it allows us to move forward and encourages us as opposed to doubt. Um, so I'll, I'll speak more about that positive and negative aspect later. For some of us, the word faith may have some negative or problematic connotations. Uh, some spiritual traditions mean, uh, take faith as accepting some kind of doctrine or dogma without questioning it. Um, but in Zen, for us as Zen students, the word faith has different meanings. There's a famous sutra called the Kalama Sutra, Kalama Sutta, in which the Buddha tells some villagers don't rely on me and my teachings. Don't just accept it without questioning it. You need to examine it in the light of your own life and see what works for you. Um, we have to validate his teachings for ourselves from our own experience, in other words. And the word faith is used quite a lot in Buddhism. We're reading the Lotus Sutra on Wednesday evenings right now, and the word faith pops up quite often. Um, in returning to the Buddha way, which we chant on Thursday evenings, faith comes up. At the end, it says, um, by revealing and disclosing our need of faith and practice before the Buddha, we melt away the root of transgressions by the power of our avowal and returning. This is the pure and simple color of true practice, of the true mind of faith, of the true body of faith. 
you may also be uh, familiar with Horses on the Faith Mind, which was written hundreds of years ago by Sansan, who I think is the seventh ancestor. I can't, I can't recall. Mm -hmm. at, yeah, at any rate, uh, it's the one that begins, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. Very famous uh, writing. There's a book called Trust in Mind by Mousson. He doesn't use the word faith. He uses trust instead. And he says, the faith in the title is used not in a Christian sense of faith in something outside of oneself, but in the sense of a trusting mind. And the trust is in what has been directly experienced in direct knowledge or prajna and a conviction coming out of that experience and knowledge. I have chosen to use the translation trust rather than faith to avoid the otherwise inevitable difficulties of context. But since the word faith is used so often and it's a useful word, let's reclaim it for our own context. So uh, in my previous talk, I talked about three different kinds of, of doubt, just to kind of put things into a, an easy to, easy to swallow pattern. And the first was the doubts that we entertain when we are beginners to practice. Um, and I talked about how as a beginner, you might uh, doubt that you're sitting correctly because you have aches and pains in your body. You might doubt that this is really doing anything for you, that maybe you could spend your time more beneficially uh, being out in a walk in nature or something. And um, just as there are doubts when we come to practice, we take a big leap of faith just to walk into the Zendo or to sit for the first time even at home. Um, we just to sit and face the wall for 30 minutes requires a big leap of faith that something's going to happen, something you're going to get some benefit out of this. And when we come into the Zendo, as, we, as Colin was talking about forms today, when to bow and when to do these things in the Zendo, you may feel very awkward at first as a beginner. Um, you don't know when to bow, how to bow, what's the difference between this kind of bow and this kind of bow. But as you spend more time here, you begin to develop some confidence in knowing what happens when, and uh, your faith in, in being able to do this, to come here and experience this grows. And uh, as we practice, Faith grows as you maybe begin to have a little change in perspective that you notice. Um, maybe it's just sitting for 30 minutes at a time and uh, disengaging from social media. You wake up or you get up from your cushion more refreshed. And you say, wow, there really is something there for me. Um, maybe we'll be inspired to learn more about Zen or to do some reading, to find a teacher, anything to kind of give us more confidence and help our faith grow so that we can continue to practice because it's not easy. So that's beginning faith, I think. The, the one that keeps us sitting on our cushion brings us in the door on Saturday mornings. Then the next 
doubt that I talked about was doubt in the Dharma. And this is big D, capital D Dharma in the Buddhist teachings. Um, of course, to do this, we really need to find out what it's about, right? So we do some readings, we investigate what the teachings are, which probably leads to a lot of questions and maybe some crises of faith. Um, these teachings are really difficult to penetrate, you know. Uh, one moment you hear the, the, the Buddhist path, the Buddhist path leads to the end of suffering. And then you hear in the Heart Sutra, there is no end of suffering. Right? It's so contradictory. You can't figure it out up here, right? It doesn't make sense logically. But then one day you might uh, be chanting the Heart Sutra or something, or you could be taking your dog for a walk. And suddenly something about a line in a chant just kind of resonates with you. You know, um, your perspective becomes a little bit broader because of something that you heard or read, or maybe some insight that you got on your cushion, right? Um, so this will help our faith grow, I think. And even when we don't think that these teachings make sense to us intellectually, they begin to make sense here and here because we, we relate it to our own experience. You see connections between the teachings and our own lives. Uh, I often reflect on my past in light of the teachings, especially the precepts. But as time has gone on, I find that I also am uh, conscious of them sort of in the background, not as don't do this, but more as Think of the consequences, you know, think of, of cause and effect. How do my actions impact myself and others? So that's, for me at least, has really helped my faith grow. And as your faith grows, perhaps you'll uh, be inspired to talk to Colin on a regular basis or find a teacher somewhere. Uh, you can attend a retreat. You can take a role in the Zendo. You could be the timekeeper or the chant leader hold the incense for Colin, or you could give a Dharma talk. You could actually volunteer to give a Dharma talk. You learn a lot. Mike and I were talking about this a while ago. You learn a lot giving a Dharma talk and preparing for it. So that's faith uh, related to the Dharma, the Buddha's teaching. So the last thing that I addressed in my previous talk was great doubt. Um, one of our ancestors, Buddha ancestors, Hakuin, described it as doubt about the great matter of life and death. And this is not just life and death. This is life dash and dash death, kind of taken together. Sort of like Suzuki Roshi's things as it is. Um, and I certainly don't claim to grasp that, but to me it means the existential questions that we all have about our lives. What is birth? What is death? What happens to me after I die? What's the meaning of life? These are the big questions that, that 
all of us face at one time or another. And the big question that the Buddha really addressed was, how do we live in the face of sickness, old age, and death? At least that is how I understand the Buddha's quest. He was not interested in the meaning of life or the first cause. He was interested in finding a way to, for us to live with less suffering, um, to be able to find a way to have faith in ourselves to face old age, sickness, and death. And he, was, he taught us how to do that with the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path and the precepts uh, and other, many other things that have developed since then. I think of this great faith as perhaps, uh, maybe we should call it the great mystery. In fact, um, and at the end of the harmony of difference and equality that we chant here, we say, uh, uh, I say to those who study the mystery, don't waste time. So this doubt is a mystery because we will never solve it. We'll never solve the riddle of life and death. Um, and we don't really need to know the meaning of life, quote unquote, we just know, need to know how to live. And uh, our, our faith in the Dharma gives us a way to do that. It gives us tools to find a way to live. Doubt and faith. Well, I started out feeling that doubt is something negative, something I wanted to get rid of, and that faith would be something good something that encourages me, uh, gives me a sense of ease, makes me feel better about my practice. And that's all true. But doubt isn't good or bad in itself. And faith isn't good or bad in itself. Doubt gives us opportunities to learn something. When doubt arises, we don't know the answer to this question. We need to investigate. We need to examine uh, on our cushion, in our reading, with our teacher. There are so many ways to do that. And when we resolve our doubts, when we develop faith, and faith shows us how to put what we've learned into action. As a, for us as Zen students, what's important is to acknowledge doubt and faith when they arise, where they come from, and then to use both of them skillfully. There's skillful doubt and unskillful doubt skillful faith and unskillful faith. We need to use them with awareness. We don't have to be discouraged when we feel doubt and we shouldn't be complacent when we find faith. Doubt and faith are like a process, a cycle that we have to go through. And they say great doubt, great faith and great awakening. And I won't talk about awakening today. <laughs> Maybe somebody else could give a talk about that. So I would like to leave you with uh, a couple of questions to, to ponder. You know, I, I, as I was thinking during the break, I thought, you know, Buddhist teachings are like fodder. 
They give us something. I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. I mean, they give us something to chew on, to ruminate on. And so here, here's some fodder for your practice. What, where do you encounter doubt in your practice? Where does it come from? Where do you feel uncomfortable? Where do you lack trust? And where do you find faith in your practice? sitting on your cushion, listening to a Dharma talk, talking with a teacher, where does faith arise from? Does it arise from here or is it just something from up here? So um, my, my suggestion is just to be aware and uh, examine and investigate. I think that's all I have to say. I would welcome questions and comments.